Gem City Sports Network presents GCSN Reports. Tonight's show is being brought to you by Profiler Performance Products. By Don Brown Sports Apparel, a big league look for a minor league price. By McAfee Heating and Air, any season, any time, McAfee. By Profiler Inc. By the USO. By Special Wish Foundation of Dayton in Southwestern Ohio. By the USO. And by Darren Dollar Music. And by the Gem City Sports Network, your source for local sports in the Miami Valley, the Gem City Sports Network. And now, here's your host, Doug Brown. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to this edition of GCSN Reports. My name is Doug Brown, and today, on today's show, we are talking to Tim Street, who is the let me get let me get this right. You're the director of media relations for the OHSAA, right? That's right, Doug. Yep. Okay. And Tim, uh, the madness starts today with all those all the sports getting started. Uh, uh, I understand that some of the golf matches are starting today. Also, is that right? Yeah, that that is absolutely right. Uh, the golf regular season begins today which is uh, a few days earlier than it normally has started. Typically, um, golf has several days of practice, and then they're allowed to start having competition. But um, in working with the Golf Coaches Association, they requested that if there's any way their season can start sooner so that they can go right into competition, they uh, asked for that, and so we were able to say yes. And so today, July 31st, all fall sports are officially practicing but in addition, the golf regular season does start today. Now, did they, uh, did, uh, were they allowed to practice earlier, like in July, uh, like a couple of weeks in July, or, or not? Um, not? Not mandatory practice. So today is the first day for mandatory practice. Um, now, of course, there, there's several um, fall sports like golf and, and tennis, you know, where those student-athletes are competing and training throughout the summer. And, and it's an individual sport. So we were able to go ahead and say, yep, you can go ahead and start playing. But um, they were not practicing as a full team uh, throughout the summer. Okay. Uh, let's start with soccer. I know we'll end with football, but uh, let's start with soccer. Are there any new rules and regulations that are have been set uh, by the OHSAA or the NFHS uh, for soccer this year? Well, there has not been any major rule changes. You know, a lot of times the the rule changes from year to year are clarifications on rules. For example, in soccer, I know the big one we're trying to emphasize is that um, two yellow cards in a game is a disqualification. It's not necessarily an ejection that causes a student-athlete to sit out multiple games like if they got a red card. So, you know, just, just clarification like that, it's kind of like in basketball, you know, if you get five fouls, you're disqualified, but right. you're not ejected. So, you know, clarifications like that. Um, now, I will say that um, there are certainly um, minor points that get clarified every year and some minor rule changes that our sport administrators will will address in the preseason rules meetings that they send out to all the coaches and officials. I don't know every one of those. I have to admit that, but uh, <laughs> I do know that that uh, the, the coaches and the officials in those sports are the experts in that for sure. you got a lot of sports going on right now. Anyway, you can't remember everything. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, I just was talking to my neighbor about that this uh, past weekend. We, we start with golf and girls tennis here in the, in the first week, and then we roll right into soccer and volleyball, cross-country, field hockey, and, uh, of course, 
than football. So, you know, we kind of have a staggered start to all of our sports here in the fall. Of all the school or of all the uh, sports other than football, what are are there any other rule changes uh, that you could talk about? Well, <laughs> that you know of. Um, right. <laughs> you know, well, the the good thing is that I don't think there are any major rule changes this year that we need to, you know, that were uh, Okay. Uh, um, I know that in field hockey there were from cl- some clarifications on some penalties. Um, that's really one of the bigger ones for football too, which we can talk about. But you know, there if some some years um, in some of our sports there is a major rule change that you know is on the front burner. Uh, and this year in, in the fall sports there were not. Now, during the uh, well, in the, at the end of the fall season, of course, you have we all have tournaments, uh, and almost everybody gets into the tournament except in football. Uh, what are some of the other, uh, you know, some of the changes that might go on in the the uh, tournament, uh, like any, um, like any venue changes, or how do you come up with the venues for soccer and and all that, all the other sports? Mm-hmm. Well, the the good news is that this year our state tournament venues are all the same for our fall sports. Um, so tennis is going to stay at Ohio State. Um, which has changed from last year. Last year, the girls' tennis was at Lindner uh, there in southwest Ohio in Mason. Uh, this this fall, it'll be at Ohio State University where the boys played this spring. Um, there's some renovations happening at Lindner uh, Tennis Complex, so that's why we're not there again this fall. Uh, so golf is at both the Ohio State Scarlet and Gray courses, and there's a, a facility uh, north of Columbus called uh, North Star, and that's up in Sunbury, and that's where our boys' Division Two golf state tournament will be this year. Um, cross country is, uh, of course, back at Fortress Obets, which is in southeast Columbus. And field hockey will stay at Thomas Worthington High School. That's um, Worthington is a suburb north of Columbus. Um, and soccer will be in Columbus. You know, soccer is an interesting one. Soccer. Um, will either be at lower.com field where it's been the last few years or it'll be at historic crew stadium. Um, we're still working with the, um, organizers of those venues. That's the Haslam sports group, which is based in Cleveland. Um, we're working with them on which venue will host the soccer state finals this year. Uh, volleyball returns to Wright state university there at the Nutter center. And of course, football is back in Canton. So, the state tournament venues uh, are set for this year. Now, for the earlier rounds, that is uh, kind of a, a case-by-case basis where throughout the year we're talking to schools, we're talking to athletic directors about their facilities. Um, is their facility, A, able to host from a from an amenity standpoint and all the things we need in a tournament site? But the second part is, are they available to host? You know, we, we can have the nicest site in the world, but if they're not available to host, then we can't go there. Um, I guess my my biggest example I can give in Southwest Ohio would be, for example, either Lakota West or Mason. Um, you know, they have great facilities and they are willing and able to host tournament games. So it really takes both. You know, if we have a great site but they don't want to host, then we can't go there. So um, that that's kind of the scenario on a week-by-week, month-by-month case for all of our sports for the sectional district and regional tournaments. Now, I noticed here in, in the Dayton area, in the Miami Valley area, there are several schools that are uh, – getting new stadiums or basically renovating stadiums uh for example welcome stadium they put 29 million dollars into their renovation of uh of the school or of the of welcome stadium 
uh, Carroll High School. They're putting up a new home site. Xenia High School just totally imploded their their stadium and put up a new one. Uh, will you be looking at Will you be looking at them? And and uh, do you know some of the other schools that might be interested in hosting that are that never hosted before? Well, I know that our sport administrators are are in the loop on that, um, and uh, Doug Ute is our executive director. He's always talking with our school administrators about their venues. Um, I hadn't heard specifically about those ones you mentioned. I had heard that Welcome Stadium was going to go through renovation, um, so that that will definitely be one that we want to keep an eye on. Um, but uh, you know that that's a great um, scenario because every year we we need to hear from our schools if they have a new stadium and if they want to host. So, for example, even if a school has a great venue, they still have to be willing to host. And that, that's, a, that's a manpower situation. That's a situation where um, they have to have a lot of people that are uh, available and willing to work um, a weekend tournament game. And, you know, some schools are um, and some schools are not. So in terms of those, those schools that have new venues, um, our sport administrators will need to hear from them that they that they have a new venue and they want to host. So that's the first step. Well, I can honestly tell you, I've seen some of the uh, the exterior work at Welcome Stadium, but boy, that, that has really changed since uh, you guys left uh, UD Arena for the uh, basketball tournament. They they have really changed that stadium around. Um, oh well, good, good. Uh, I know that the OHSAA has done some regional tournaments there before in football. And track, uh, but I, I, I'm probably sure that you're going to get a call from uh, DPS <laughs> about hosting. Okay. But uh, yeah, that, uh, I'm to be honest with you, I'm really looking forward to do uh, going to uh, the stadium on uh, September the 9th when Central State and UD play uh, college football, and that'll be the first time I've seen it. But uh, I'm really looking forward, and they've got elevators. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I know that was an issue. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, some of those old folks trying to—it's kind of hard to get up and down those steps. But uh, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's going to be one. It was one of those things that they wanted to put in there. So, um, mm-hmm. but we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about high school football here in the in the uh, state of Ohio. We'll do that right after this. You're listening to the GCSN reports on the Gem City Sports Network. Profiler Performance Products is an all-American manufacturer of racing cylinder heads and intake manifolds. From two-time Drag Week winner Jeff Lutz to the winningest bracket champions like Disco Dean Carn, Profiler Performance has become the overwhelming choice of drag racing's best-known name. Profiler Performance offers the absolute best bolt-on performance for cylinder heads and intake, utilizing their own in-house custom casting and CNC machining. For more information, visit ProfilerPerformance.com or find them on Facebook. Profiler Performance, they make power they haven't even used yet. Hey, sports fans, you all know Don Brown. He was born and raised here in the Miami Valley and have met many of you somewhere along the line as a player, coach, or sports broadcaster for WKEF and WRGT-TV. Sports has been a big part of his life and remains so today. So if your high school team, little league organization, or group wants to look good year-round, then look no further than Don Brown Sports. From spirit gear t-shirts, polos, or equipment embroidery, or screen printing, Don Brown Sports is your first and last stop. He's got big quality at minor league pricing. Feel free to get in touch with DB via email at dhkbrown1, that's the number one, at gmail.com. 
or feel free to call him at 937-430-3105. Don Brown Sports, a big league look for a minor league price. We know that purchasing a new system is a big decision. At McAfee, we feel you should only have to make it once. That's why we offer lifetime, worry-free coverage on new McAfee systems. Never a charge for repairs, never a charge for maintenance, not even a charge for filters. And when the day comes the system needs replaced, you're covered. Any season, any time, McAfee. Contact McAfee Heating and Air at 937-438-1976 or www.mcair.com or 1-800-AIR-REPAIR. No matter the threat or where the front line may be, our armed forces protect and defend us every day. But what does it take to strengthen our service members and keep them focused on the mission? What does it take to keep our military connected to family, home, and country? It takes a force. Be a force behind the forces. Join the USO in helping service members and their families. Give today at csohio.uso.org. Back here on GCSN Reports, we're here with Tim Street, who's the Director of Media Relations for the Ohio High School Athletic Association. And, Tim, uh, football is the biggest sport around, uh, basically, for fans. Uh, that's the, the big sport around here in Ohio. Uh, talk about some of the rule changes and uh, some of the things that people might expect here in, in, in the state of Ohio. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the bigger rule changes this year that fans will probably notice is a change in the penalty enforcement. Um, um, In the past, um, and this is at all levels, uh, if there's a a penalty committed behind the line of scrimmage, uh, most of the time that was a uh, spot of the foul penalty. So that that would, for example, mean you could have a 20-yard holding penalty, for example, if the offensive lineman held... 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage, then you mark off 10 from there. So that is gone now. So now a penalty behind the line of scrimmage will be enforced from the previous line of scrimmage, so from the previous spot. So the penalties are less punitive. Um, you know, they're a, a penalty that would go over 10 yards, of course, really is a, a drive killer for an offense. So um, that's a change you'll notice that penalties are – are marked from the, the previous spot, not from the point of the foul if they're behind the line of scrimmage. Um, but from uh, from a, a bigger standpoint, um, you know, the last week of July, schools were out there getting their five days of acclimatization. That means wearing just a helmet for a couple of days, wearing a helmet and shoulder pads for a couple of days, and then going full uh, gear for a day without contact. So that is something that we put in last year that was new and schools were able to uh, knock out those five days of acclimatization before the first official start date of practice. So I know that our schools really appreciated doing that because um, the, the preseason is a lot shorter now than it used to be. And uh, people listening, I'm sure, remember when you know practice would start August 1st and then the first game wouldn't be until um, you know the end of August. Well, now the first game is this year it is August uh 18th is the first Friday. So essentially what's happened is a week has been taken out of uh, the football preseason. And so now if we can let them get their acclimatization days done in late July, 
they can go right into hitting and, and uh, real football here starting on July 31st or August 1st, whenever they're going to start. I know a lot of the coaches have been chomping at the bit to get out there on the field. I don't know about the kids, but I know the t- coaches have been uh, talking to some of the coaches. They've been, they have they couldn't wait to get out there uh, starting today, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I, I'm sure the kids are, too, just some of the ones I've talked to. You know, obviously, um, August is a grind, and, um, you know, getting um, getting out on the field <laughs> twice a day in the hot sun, you know, there's, there's certainly – um, a challenge to that, but you know, I think um, for the most part, the student athletes know they have a limited time window to do what they love and to play high school football. So um, I don't think there's too many that are uh, saying they don't want to get out there. You know, if they are all in on football, they're out there today. I've talked to uh, some of the coaches, and, and I don't know about the state of Ohio, but around here, some of the coaches are saying that their numbers are down. Uh, is that a problem throughout the state? Do you know? Um, well, you know, I, I think in certain parts of the state, uh, numbers fluctuate quite a bit. Now, I can tell you that across the whole state over the last probably 15 years, may, maybe more like 10 years, um, there has been a, a really slight decline in the number of uh, football players. Um, you know, in, in some schools and in some parts of the state, it, it's actually up, you know, and it, you can look at some schools like uh, – uh, Coldwater's the school over in you know Western Ohio that I use all the time. You know right. they have uh, they have a hundred kids on their team. You know they they don't have problem with participation, but in some areas of the state and in some schools, their numbers are down quite a bit. Um, so you know across the board, um, total participation is down just a little bit. But I think you're going to find uh, some schools that that it, where it's down a lot, and then some schools where it's up a little bit. So you know that. Certainly, we we never want to see a decrease in participation. Um, we can't really control that a lot here from the from the state office. But um, what we try to do is just encourage participation, and not just playing on one team, but playing on multiple teams. You know, that's the goal: is that you play on multiple teams and uh, be able to, you know, not just focus on one sport, but but play play multiple sports. So, I think you're going to see um, that at some schools where they they don't have quite as many players as they used to, uh, but hopefully they can get their, their numbers back up soon. Uh, uh, talk about the playoffs. Is it going to be the same as last year? Yeah, the playoff format is the same this year as it was last year. Um, the top 16 schools in each region get in. Um, uh, now, the one change for the playoffs this year is um, the first five rounds are all on Friday nights. Oh, wow. So <laughs> a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people remember that um, – Last year, the first two rounds were on Friday nights, and then we went Saturday, Friday for neutral sites. But this year, we're going to play them all on Friday nights. And then, of course, the state finals weekend, we need three days up in Canton for that. But um, So that's been a big change. Um, the, the Football Coaches Association made that proposal. Um, and, uh, you know, if we have enough varsity-level officiating crews to play them all on Friday night, then we're going to do that. And we do this year, so we're happy about that, and uh, we were able to say yes to that proposal from the coaches association. Are the uh, now? I know in the past you guys had uh, some problems with uh, officiating the numbers. That is not not the calls or anything like that, but the numbers are they up again? Because uh, I know every once in a while I'll run a spot uh, asking for officials. Does has, you know has that uh, grown the the officials? Well, it. it 
it's grown slightly, so we're we're really happy about that. We've had a slight uptick in the number of officials, um, and that doesn't mean they're varsity officials yet. A lot of those are class two and class three officials. But um, a couple years ago, we moved online with our training, and a lot of that now has seeped down into the high schools themselves where a, a, a physical education class can actually take a, a quarter or a six-week period and do the officiating class because all the curriculum is online. So we're seeing a slight uptick in the number of people who are registering to take the classes and to get licensed. Um, I think it's going to take a few years before you see the number of varsity officials go up. And uh, But we're, I think we're on the right path. Uh, we need to keep that uh, fed. We need to keep it growing. Um, and there's some sports, um, specifically volleyball, track, and uh, baseball and softball, where we, we definitely need to replenish uh, that umpire pool because for the past probably 20 years, there's been more people retiring from officiating and getting out of it than there have been people getting into it. So we need to reverse that trend. Now, what does somebody have to do to, uh, to become an official? So it's a two-part process. Uh, the first part is to register with our website, MyOHSAA, and create a profile. And then you take the online class system. So there's um, it would be similar to be taking a, a class, uh, a college class of some kind, where the curriculum is online. You go from module to module. You pass mini tests to get to the next module. And then you take a big test, which is a big rules test, um, to then earn your license. So once you pass all the online tests, you then get matched up with a local officials association where you finish your training, which is either on the field or on the court. Um, once you do that, you then get connected with an assigner, which then starts scheduling you to work games. So, you know, that's a, it's a long process. You know, it takes uh, several months. And if you want to be, let's say, a basketball official, now would be the time to start doing that training so that you can get all squared away, uh, get connected with an assigner, and that way you can start getting games in uh, November and December. Now, right now, uh, I would think that being a fi- being an official, you could probably work. You know, when it comes to uh, like soccer and volleyball and, and stuff uh, stuff like that, that you could probably work almost every day. Yeah, you can. Um, you know, a lot of it depends uh, if you're willing to travel a little bit. You know, like um, a lot of officials will set a a radius of how far they're willing to to travel from home. Um, but it, it's all based on your availability. If you're available every day, yeah, you could work every day. Um, the one thing to know, though, is that um, a new official is going to start out as a Class Two official, so you're not working varsity games yet. You're working junior high and sub-varsity, so freshman and JV games. Okay. Uh, one last question for you, and that, uh, that concerns the uh, television stuff. Um, I know Spectrum has the contract, right? For all the all the games, is that right? All all the state games, uh, tournament games. What about the well, Spectrum is yeah, Spectrum is our official TV partner, and so they have um, exclusivity to the state championship games, and then any other game that they would select. And in the first few rounds, of course, there's a lot of games, and they can't cover all of them. So they are going to do some games in the first few rounds, but, of course, they, they don't have enough crews to cover all the games. Oh, yeah. But last year they covered 
all of the state semifinal games, and I think they covered most of the regional finals. So, you know, they're going to try to cover as many games as they can, but uh, but they are the official TV partner, and if they select a game, then, then they have it exclusively. What about during the regular season? Uh, I know there's a lot of cameras with the NFA, NFHS uh, uh, throughout the the, uh, uh, the state. Now, does the NFHS have control of uh, the TV games or do, uh, say – like uh, for example, we want to. We'd like to come out and do a say a football game. Um, just for example, let's say at Tri County North. Now, do we have to get permission from the NFHS, you, or the school? Well, it's a two-part process there. So, number one, if it's a a regular season game, all of the permission is through the host site. So, the the OHSA along with NFHS Spectrum, we are hands off on any exclusivity for regular season games. So I always want to say that first. You know, for the for, for the 10 weeks of the regular season, you don't need to contact OHSA or NFHS. You work entirely through whatever school is hosting the game. Okay. Second part, though, is when you get to the playoffs, Spectrum is number one, and then if Spectrum is not covering a game, then it's open, and NFHS Network is our official streaming partner, mm-hmm. and they do have a, a number of production partners throughout the state that will then go out and cover games as well. So if a game is on NFHS, then that is exclusive to NFHS. So you know, what, what a media company would want to do is if you want to cover, let's say, a first-round playoff game, you need to wait till Monday afternoon to say, okay, is Spectrum covering this game? Yes or no. If not, is the NFHS network covering this game? Yes or no. And if it's not, then that game is then open for for other types of coverage. Okay. So the host site would know that. All right. Well, Tim, I want to thank you for coming on. And uh, uh, I know you're going to get quite busy starting today. with all. Uh, now, do, how, do you get a chance to go to any of the, the – uh, regular season events oh sure yeah i i when when i go to a regular season game it's usually as a fan or i'll go see my alma mater play or i'll take my kids to a game in our school district so um you know it it definitely is not in a working capacity but yeah i like to get out and see regular season games and um i actually see more basketball regular season games because i am a basketball official so i like to get out on the court and get in the gym a couple times a week and officiate basketball, so I actually see more basketball than football. Are you varsity? No, I'm not. No, oh. I'm I'm a class two, and uh, I will be that someday. But uh, for now, I'm fine doing my my uh, middle school and, and JV freshman doubleheaders and um, getting home in the evening. <laughs> okay. Well, Tim, thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll see you down the road. All right. Sounds good. Uh, great talking with you. Tim Street of the... Ohio High School Athletic Association, and we'll be back to close it out right after this. Profiler Inc., your local source for custom graphics, including banners, decals, and custom apparel for your corporate, school, or personal needs. For more information, check us out on the web at www.profilerinc.com or on our Facebook page, Profiler Inc. This is what matters. This is beyond X's and O's. This is the difference mutual respect makes. This is what character looks like. This is what defines us in Ohio. This is sportsmanship. School sports. It's not the outcome that matters most. 
but the way the games are played. This message presented by the Ohio High School Athletic Association and the Ohio Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. A Special Wish Foundation of Dayton has a new name. It is now a Special Wish Foundation Dayton and Southwest Ohio chapter. They now serve 20 counties in Southwest Ohio and work with families whose children are being seen at Dayton Children's and Cincinnati Children's Hospitals. The organization has granted over 1,800 wishes to those children battling life-threatening illnesses. To find out how you can help make a special wish come true, log on to their website, aspecialwishdayton.org, or call them at 937-223-WISH. A Special Wish Foundation is a 501c3, and all funds stay within the local community to support local children. The Gem City Sports Network is your source for local sports in the Miami Valley. We cover high school baseball, football, basketball, soccer, and a whole lot more. We covered Central State Marauder football and basketball. We covered Dayton Flyer baseball and a whole lot more. And guess what, folks? It's all free. Right here on the Gem City Sports Network, your source for local sports in the Miami Valley, the Gem City Sports Network. And back here on GCSN Reports, Doug Brown with you. We want to thank Tim Street for coming on and talking about the uh, – uh, everything we talked about, this, the rules and regulations for, uh, you know, the, not only football, but soccer and uh, uh, some of the rule changes on all the sports. <clears throat> so here is our schedule for football, and then I will get to the uh, get to the soccer, too. Uh, so we got that uh, on our Twitch TV channel, and you can get on that through our uh our website, gemcitysports.com. So here's the football schedule for this season. Uh, first game will be on August the 18th as the Greenview Rams will take on the Northridge Polar Bears from Northridge Stadium beginning at 7 p.m. And all the games all the games will start at 7 o'clock with the pregame show beginning at 6.45 unless otherwise noted. Um, game two, week two, will be August the 25th when the Tri-Village Patriots take on the Preble Shawnee Arrows in a uh, Western Ohio Athletic Conference battle. Uh, they these two teams finished. They finished one two last year in the um, in the league. Week three on September the first, it'll be the Dayton Christian Warriors taking on the Tri County North Panthers from Tri County North. Uh, and then on uh, September eighth, it'll be the Northeastern Jets taking on the Green and Knights from Green and High School. Um, on the 15th, we get to go to Xenia High School, uh, the, their new stadium. Uh, oh, it, it, it's all new. They've got, except for the concession stand and restrooms and stuff like that. That's We talked to uh, Nathan Kopp. That's coming up on Wednesday. Um, on the 15th, it'll be the Butler Aviators taking on the uh, Xenia Buccaneers. And on September the 22nd, uh, it's going to be a battle. Uh, two teams that uh, their numbers were down. And they weren't, now I'm just going to flat out say it, they weren't all that great last year. But these two teams are going to play each other. Uh, the Bradford Railroaders taking on the Dixie Greyhounds at Dixie, and that will be on the 22nd of September. 
And our final game that we got scheduled so far is going to be down at Welcome Stadium, and uh, we're going to do an interview on Wednesday with Victoria Jones, who is the athletic uh, director of athletics for the Dayton Public Schools. Talk to her about the new renovations for uh, Welcome Stadium. Uh, the Dunbar Wolverines will take on the Meadowdale Lions at 7 o'clock on the 29th of September. After that, it's going to be uh, to be determined. We're going to pick the best game so far that's going to be possible that we can do and uh, contact the ADs and see if we can come out and do them. And it doesn't matter if we've already done the game before or not. If it's going to be a good game, then we're going to try and, we're going to try and do it. So um, I'm looking forward to, to this season. Um, and so forth. And now, here's the uh, soccer schedule for this year. It'll be uh, Brian Reese will be televising the games, and I might just stop in there and maybe do some play-by-play for him. Uh, the Shamanaju and on August the 19th, it'll be a doubleheader, and our soccer, soccer Saturday doubleheader. It'll be the Shamanaju Julian and Shamana Julian Eagles taking on the Oakwood Lumber Jills on the. Uh, at 2.30 in the afternoon, and then at 7 o'clock, the same two schools, Chaminade Julian and Oakwood, will bat- do battle uh, for the boys at 7 o'clock. That'll be at Lane Stadium uh, in Oakwood. Then, uh, now, that's separate from the uh, football field, so it's a strictly soccer uh, stadium there. Uh, week 2, on August the 26th, it'll be Milford taking on Beaver Creek in girls' action at 7.15 at Beaver, Beaver Creek. On September the 2nd, a doubleheader. It'll be the Botkins Trojans uh, ladies taking on the Troy Christian Eagles at 11 a.m. And then at 1 o'clock, or shortly after the uh, ladies game, the uh, boys will do battle, the Botkins Trojans and Troy Christian Eagles. Um, Then, on September 9th, it'll be Northmont taking on Oakwood. The uh, in girls' action, and uh, he's going to take a week off, and then it, come back with a, another doubleheader between Botkins and the Dayton Christian Warriors. That'll be on Saturday, the September the fifteenth. It's, it's a nighttime doubleheader. Uh, the ladies start at five thirty. The guys start at seven thirty. And then on uh, the thirtieth of September, Loveland will take on Fairmont at Fairmont. And that's at the Fairmont Soccer Stadium, which is right behind the uh, Trenton Arena. Following that, it'll be a radio only, as the Fairmont boys will take on uh, that. The uh, Loveland Fairmont game will be uh, a boys soccer match. And then on October the 7th, it'll be Fairmont at Carroll for boys soccer. And that'll be radio only. That'll be on radio2.gemcitysports.com. We'll have it on our Facebook page, and we'll put also put it on our uh, schedule. And then at noon on the 14th, it'll be uh, uh, St. Ursula taking on Springboro in girls' action beginning at noon. And then, of course, the soccer, they have something different than they do for football. All the other sports have something uh, something different than football. You're allowed to do the uh, first uh, three rounds, I think, up until the regionals, uh, regional semifinals. And you can do all the games, and it don't cost you anything. So we're going to do some of those games uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to uh, uh, high school soccer, now we're gonna we've got five games scheduled for the Central St. Marauders, and um, looking forward to going back to McPherson Stadium, seeing all the 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 crew 
at uh, Central State. And, of course, I've loved going out there for many, many years. Leading it off will be on September the 9th when the Dayton, or when the uh, Central State Marauders take on the Dayton Flyers down at Welcome Stadium at 1 o'clock. Uh, looking forward to that because of the new stadium. Uh, it's just... I, I just can't wait to get out there. And then at uh, on September the 23rd, Allen will take on Central State at, at home. And uh, Miles is at Central State on September 30th. Savannah State will take on uh, Central State at uh, 1 o'clock on September the, or October the 14th. That is also homecoming. And I tell you what, if you've... Homecoming is great out there at Central State. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. Um, and uh, <laughs> I love going out there just for that. And you can go out there at like 10 o'clock in the morning. Like I get out there early. I get out there about eight, uh, about no, no, 9 o'clock. And uh, people are already starting to show up uh, for, uh, for uh, uh, homecoming. And it's just a great atmosphere out there. And finally, on October the 28th, Lane will take on Central State at 1 o'clock out at McPherson Stadium. So uh, the season, the fall season, starts today for the high schools. And some of the colleges are getting ready to start up with their football programs and uh, all their uh, fall activities. And uh, hope everybody has a uh, good season, a safe season, and uh, hopefully nobody gets hurt. So, until next time here on the Gem City Sports Network, we will be talking to you later. So, for Tim Street, I want to thank him for coming on. This is Doug Brown saying so long. We'll talk to you Wednesday here on the Gem City Sports Network. Good night, night, everyone. You've been listening to GCSN Reports. Today's show has been brought to you by Profiler Performance Products. By Don Brown Sports Apparel, a big league look for a minor league price. By McAfee Heating and Air, any season, any time, McAfee. By Profiler Inc. By the USO. By a Special Wish Foundation of Dayton and Southwest Ohio. By Darren Dollar Music. And by the Gem City Sports Network, your source for local sports in the Miami Valley, the Gem City Sports Network. Join us next time for GCSN Reports right here on the Gem City Sports Network.